Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And really, the media is our business, not just my business because I'm in business media, but because uh, all of us are making decisions based on what we're seeing in the media. And so we have, I have an ongoing series with several phenomenal people in uh, the, the media business and the media industry, including my guest today, David Dozer. He is a, a long-time regular on the program. He started what was originally a limited series, and I think we are now well over a year since that limited series was completed because what he brings is so valuable. Uh, PhD in, in communications, um, he is uh, pres uh, professor, professor emeritus at uh, San Diego State University, a show favorite and a personal favorite. Always love having him on the program. This is a great topic today, which is the troubles that uh, Fox News is facing. And, and, of course, when you look at the ratings game, which it seems to be all the media cares about, when you look at the quality of the content that's being produced, <laughs> uh, they're, they're doing okay. But man, they are, they have really locked themselves in a position for long-term troubles, uh, by the positions they have taken, haven't they? Uh, yes. I, uh, it's a intriguing problem, uh, when you look at who their audience is and what their audience wants and who their audience believes. And, uh, we can take, uh, kind of a deep dive on that. And you can see how troubling it would be to, be the, uh, the the woman or man in charge of Fox News right now because of the relationship that Fox News has with uh, former President Trump. Yeah, no question about it. And so many of those viewers, I, I have no idea. I would guess well more than half uh, because I look at Fox News on occasion. I, I don't have cable. I haven't had cable in years, but – you know, I have a premium membership to YouTube and watch videos of, of all the networks just to try to see what's going on. And I look at Fox News, and David, the only way I could watch Fox News is if I was a hardcore true believer of Trump. Now, I will notice in the last 60 days or so, that has begun to deviate, where you hear the occasional criticism of Trump. And I really believe that there's really senior people in that company, including Rupert Murdoch, who would like to see it go in a direction away from Trump, simply because they look at him, this guy might be in prison by the time the Republican nominee is chosen in 2024. And they're thinking, maybe we should go in a different direction. But I also think they have no idea on how to do that. Uh, yeah, it's the old uh, the old joke of uh, the dogs chasing the bus, but once you catch it, what do you do with it? And uh, uh, a couple of uh, just little facts about Fox News that makes it so difficult. Um, and you're spot on. Uh, the Murdochs are uh, unhappy with Trump, and they've said so quite publicly in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Post uh, how unhappy they are with his leadership uh, and his continued uh, con. Uh, uh, behavior since he left office, um, but but here's yeah. The, before you do that, I do just want to mention yeah. for the listener not familiar, all both of those um, publications you just mentioned are News Corp publications, just like Fox News and Fox Business are News Corp media. So they're kind of like attacking uh, uh, the the one uh, through other media channels, but they're all owned by the same people. 
Exactly, exactly. And uh, the thing that's interesting was back in uh, uh, back in during the uh, early days of the pandemic in 2020, uh, Monmouth University did a, a survey where they asked the question that as regards a particular fact about the epidemic, um, uh, and if there was a disagreement between then President Trump and Fox News, who would you believe? And uh, Fox News viewers say, oh, we believe the president over Fox News. Uh, now, you couple that, and again, it depends on what source you go to, but uh, Donald Trump had uh, uh, a very distant relationship with the truth and, and documented about 3,000 times that he lied when he was president. And so here's your problem as a, a, a news outlet where uh, you're trying to present facts to your audience is that the person you're covering uh, is not uh, sharing facts uh, or sharing uh, misinformation and disinformation, and yet uh, your audience is more likely to believe your source than they are to believe you. Yeah, right. And so that says, frankly, uh, something about the audience. Not you know, we like to beat up. We both beat up media, and we're both either directly in or indirectly in media and have been for years, but we, we both like to beat them up. Uh, <laughs> we both do a pretty good job yeah. at it, actually. Uh, but also there's a problem going on with, with the audience. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, what, what did Ronald Reagan say? You can disagree with Reagan on a lot of stuff, but I always like trust, but verify. And so you can like someone, but you better verify it. And, uh, you know, uh, he was, of course, talking about the then Soviet Union, but, uh, but uh, there's a whole lot of blind trust going on when it, can't, it comes to, uh, to Trump. And so there's not a whole lot I can think of that um, Fox can do about that other than consistently sticking to their, to their guns as, in regards to the truth as they see the truth. Right, and as as you and I both know, being in the news business, that uh, a lot of times uh, what we consider facts are based on uh, uh, they, they're it's a it's influenced, let's say, through the uh, particular uh, lens that we look at the world. Uh, but that said, when you verify facts uh, across multiple platforms, liberal, conservative, U.S. outlets versus you know, other international outlets, you, you, you can triangulate on the truth. Uh, and the trouble with uh, Fox's uh, prime, uh, you know, prime uh, news source, uh, uh, former President Trump, is that he's not providing uh, accurate information. And if they go after uh, the, the, you know, the lies, if you will, or misstatements or whatever, uh, they're going to alienate their audience because their audience, um, you know, best available evidence, the audience is going to believe Trump over uh, over Fox if uh, there's a conflict. Yeah, and meanwhile, you know, there's a bunch of people that used to watch uh, Fox. In fact, I was a recurring guest on both Fox Business and uh, on the Fox uh, streaming platform. I was on often. Now, my views were a little different, then, <laughs> but I never considered myself a cult member, which is what so many of uh, Trump viewers seem to be to me, are like cult, cult members. I, I always was yeah. interested in principles over personalities, as 12 step programs say, 
And, uh, you know, I, I think some of these people who are a member of this cult could use a 12-step program. But anyway, that's a different story. Um, but I used to be a recurring guest, a regular guest on uh, both Fox Business and Fox uh, News. And uh, there's no way in the world they let me on now. Um, and so there's a lot of people. And I used to watch Fox News regularly. I, I used to like it when it positioned itself as fair and balanced. Now, with that, they um, always had both liberals and conservatives in their segments. I, I was often on to debate the, uh, the progressive, the liberal. Um, I think, generally speaking, they tried to choose conservatives that were going to be stronger than the, the liberals. I never felt threatened in any of those encounters uh, <laughs> until I handled my own. But at least they gave opportunity for both sides. They, you know, they feigned uh, objectivity. They don't even do that now. There's, there's none of that. And then again, they also have this cult element that really, when I look at Fox News, unless you're really a hardcore true believer, why would you watch? Well, exactly, and uh, it's it's just a challenging uh, news environment. I was um, doing some background research for this segment today, and uh, Pew Research Center, which is a, a nonprofit and nonpartisan uh, source of some pretty good information about what's going on in our society, said that um, uh, basically the 94% of the folks who say they go to Fox News as their primary news source, 94% of them are Republican or leaning Republican, then couple that statistic with about 70% of uh, uh, Republicans today saying the uh, 2020 election was stolen. Now, it's, there are some things that are controversial, um, but the election really isn't in that category. It's been uh, uh, the, the attorney general under uh, President Trump, Bill Barr, said there was no evidence of widespread fraud. There were 60 plus lawsuits uh, uh, challenging uh, the outcome in multiple states. And, uh, you know, it was a clean election. Now, Jack Kennedy uh, in 1960, not so clean. Uh, 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 you know, we look at the Bush family and uh, 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 George W. Bush, uh, 19, uh, uh, in his, uh, his first uh, uh, win. Uh, very 2000, yeah, 2000. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly, yep. 2000. Uh, so there are elections that have been real close and and uh and there was concern about how fair the election was this wasn't one of them and so when you have 70 percent no. of people in the republican party saying that it was stolen and fox news is trying to cover that story man oh man as a journalist uh, you're in a hard place yeah you really are yeah i i've said many times before 2000, uh, probably you could make a really strong case that, that Gore was robbed, uh, consider, especially when you consider where the results rested entirely on, which was a state governed by the Republican presidential candidate's brother. <laughs> I mean, it's got Dukes of Hazards written all over it, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, you know, and the certification went, goes through the legislature there. Uh, you know, and, and it was so close. We're talking hanging chads uh, close. You know, and, and I, I feel very strong with the Nixon probably won in 1960. I feel pretty strong about that between dead people voting in Illinois and Texas, which have enormous electoral vote uh, potential, uh, you know, influence. 
they probably did. But, you know, and, and before the modern era, which, you know, it depends on what you want to define, but I would say certainly before FDR, um, you know, before the modern era, there was so, it was so widespread, uh, you know, the corruption was so common, uh, it's only bringing it into the light, which uh, modern communications allowed, that uh, has forced them to become more ethical. But let me tell you, we had conservative billionaires using the, the B word, not the M word, offering million-dollar rewards for evidence of fraud. And we are all like forensic experts these days, historically speaking. Just look at Black Lives Matter, right? We all have the weaponry to capture fraud, just like we have had, had the weaponry to uh, catch uh, police violence uh, or any violence as far as that goes. And there was nothing to prove it. I had a great interview with a form, former attorney general of Kansas who was part of Trump's team, and he made a very powerful case, you know, after a long conversation, that there was really pretty widespread corruption in Michigan. And yet, in the end, it may have been enough to influence Michigan. And I, at the end, said, yeah, but what about other states? And he goes, well, those are harder to prove. <laughs> Guess what? Yeah. Trump could have won Michigan and still not have won the presidential election. And that's just the reality. I, I will say that part of the problem in this whole discussion, though, um, is that it's either a perfect election or it was completely fraudulent. And it seems like Democrats uh, in the media like to say it was a perfect election, and the Republicans say it was purely stolen. And the reality is, is that there are parties on both in both parties trying to leverage things in a corrupt manner as much as humanly possible. And the media and government should be really vigorous about trying to stop that. We shouldn't have a blind eye just because of the size of it. Because if you have a blind eye on the size of it, it will only get bigger. Well, right. And you see, so much of this has to do with perception. If you perceive the elections as corrupt, um, that has an enormous effect on whether people participate, uh, uh, the, the faith that they have once the election results are known. And uh, so I think that's kind of one of the dangerous things that I see with this. You know, it's like projection in psychology where, you know, maybe you're an egomaniac and you accuse other people of being an egomaniac. Uh, uh, the efforts to prevent widespread voter fraud uh, in some of these states where uh, the idea is just to basically call the uh, outcome corrupt. Let's say uh, Biden were to run and win in 2024 in a particular state. Uh, uh, all you have to do is declare that, well, we find widespread uh, voter fraud, so we'll kick it into the legislature. And if you got a Republican majority, you send a, a slate of uh, people for the Republican candidate, which Trump, I think, believes will be him. Okay, say that last part of believe. Again, you believe Trump? Uh, well, I think Trump uh, believes he'll be the 2024 nominee, and so a lot of the work that's going on now is right. that if he doesn't win the vote, and it, both the popular and the electoral vote, um, he's got a plan for basically nullifying the vote of the popular vote in, in key states and and then sending electors that uh, uh, don't represent the majority of the people in that state. Right, and they already began having those conversations last time. 
Uh, and I don't think they were that far away from actually sending fraudulent electors. You know, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, it, it, it's a huge problem. Uh, Fox, so get back on our topic. I'm sorry. I'm the one who got us meandering because this is a really interesting conversation. But Fox has got a huge dilemma. I think long-term-wise, first of all, I do think, uh, you know, in spite of the fact that all over the world, um, you know, uh, publications by Murdoch's people are different editorially across the board all over the world. Here they tend to be very conservative. Uh, Sky News in the UK is uh, considered one of the most objective uh, news channels in the world. It's highly rated for its objectivity. You know, and Wall Street Journal is right of center, right, but very credible in that, and always fact-oriented, in my opinion. May dis you may disagree with the interpretation of the facts, but they are fact-driven. But I do believe that they would like to see a reasonable conservative get elected in the United States, Murdoch would. And I think that, uh, you know, it's a very troubling position for them because they have so wrapped themselves up with uh, the Trump crowd to where they could really find themselves with CNN ratings in no time if they don't, <laughs> they don't navigate this properly. Right. Well, they are the uh, most successful in terms of audience size, most successful cable news network in the country, and they've been for like 20 years. And so, and, and you know, as a, a you know, left-wing liberal, I still think it's very important that there be a conservative voice um, that people can listen to. But I would would hope that uh, the, the the news people at Fox News would have a uh, a rigorous uh, concern for the facts and try to do the best job they can to present the facts to their listeners. And the trouble is, is that their listeners are more <laughs> uh, or viewers are more loyal to uh, President Trump, former President Trump, than they actually are to the network. So it's really, really hard to 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 operate in that kind of an environment, especially after years and years of pandering to uh, whatever the Trump talking points happen to be. Yeah, and the dilemma is even greater now that you have uh, networks like uh, uh, Newsmax, for example, uh, that is hardcore totally into the Trump camp, I mean completely, and making Fox look squishy when it comes to Trump. And so it's a very – I don't know how they navigate it. I'm not sure how they navigate it. What's the old uh, old saying, uh, wag the dog, you know, where, where the tail yeah. wags the dog? Uh, you know, uh, I, I kind of get the feeling that when it comes to Fox's audience, uh, there's some uh, wagging the dog going on, and the dog has no idea what to do about it. That's a very apt metaphor, and I'm glad you as a conservative were the one to say it, because if I said it would make it sound like I was, you know, bad-mouthing the former president. So thank you for taking the shot. <laughs> but but here's your problem, David. I bad-mouth him as much or more than you. <laughs> Trump is not a conservative. Trump is, a, yeah. Trump is more of a status, more of a fascist than a conservative, very arbitrary, very arrogant, does not believe in rule of law. He continuously undermines rule of law. So, yeah, they don't believe either one of us, so it's okay. Uh, you know, yeah. we've got hair. You know, we got horns under our hair somewhere. I'm not sure where, but yeah, yeah, that's yeah. okay. 
but I did consider, you know, it's like the party left me. I didn't leave the party. Kind of like what Ronald Reagan said when he, when he said he used to be a Democrat. Now both parties to me just, I don't understand either of their value. You know, the, they don't believe in the, the true disruption. They don't believe in competition, the things that make things most successful. This is why, you know, this would be, when it comes to our politics, we've chosen an approach as, as we only want two brands of toilet paper. And, and American consumers would not tolerate that, yet we tolerate two parties. <laughs> you know, and both yeah. of them led by, one by a megalomaniac who I think has mental health issues, and the other one who I think has, um, you know, cognitive issues, that he's on the road to dementia. <laughs> And I look at that, yeah, and well, it's like, and, and the listener could go, I mean, the, yeah, the listener could go and say, well, which one is which? Because <laughs> well, <laughs> let's face yeah. it, uh, even Biden has these wild tirades that don't really seem to line up with reality. Not as bad as Trump, but you know what I'm talking about. This yeah. is what happens when you yeah, don't have yeah. real competition. This is, this is just well, the product that of that. And I'm uh, I'm 73, so I can say this. These are my people. I think that having people uh, of such advanced age and such high-powered positions is not a good idea. Uh, and uh, I don't necessarily think you want to change the Constitution, put a age cap on it. But I think both political parties, um, uh, both for uh, very ethical reasons, but also very pragmatic reasons, is that you need to start capping into the people who are going to inherit this planet after you and I have passed on to the great beyond. And uh, neither party is doing that. And in California, yes. where it's basically a one-party state, you see the same problems you see in Oklahoma and Texas, which are also one-party states. Uh, it's not a pretty picture. Uh, there are no third parties you get to choose from. I got my ballot, and uh, there's a whole lot of people. I'm just in so many elections I'm not even going to vote in because I don't like the Democrat, but I'm sure as hell not going to vote for the Republican. Yeah, see, I I, uh, I, vote liber I vote libertarian only because of the fact that they are on every ballot coast to coast. There's only three parties that have that, the libertarian being the third party. It doesn't get better unless the two major parties begin to go, oh, look how many votes that party's getting. And that will, is the only way I can think of to instill a little competition and a little disruption into a process that really reminds me more, you know, the, the, the saying was back under the Soviet regime, the turnover for Politburo members was greater than it was for members of Congress. And uh, I don't know if that's changed much, to be perfectly honest with you. And, uh, you know, so we, we need a better way. We've got to start wrapping it up. We went way over. Uh, always love our conversations. Fox News, the bottom line, they got a lot of work to do. They want to stay credible long-term-wise. They got an elephant in the room called Donald Trump that currently still has enormous influence, or should I say huge influence, uh, with the people that watch, the vast majority that watch Fox News. Um, I don't know what they do. That's my final thought on that. Your final thought is we'll wrap it up. My final thought is, is that it's important to have a conservative voice on cable, uh, cable news. I think that Fox needs to uh, get back into the business of journalism. Yeah, yeah. Right now, the only thing to me that resembles a conservative voice, traditional conservative voice, the closest thing right now is News Nation. 
which is surprising because they've got Chris Como as one of their personalities. But you know what? I don't know if you think we need to do a segment on Chris Como. His first segment, frankly, was primo. He went after both sides. He talked about the problems that exist across the board. It was incredibly objective and even sounded a little conservative on that. And I've been saying all along, that is a right of center network. It, it fundamentally is at this point. It remains that, especially if you watch Dana Abrams, uh, which I do. So, uh, but yeah, it would be nice to see a, the biggest player in that, Fox News, go back to its fair and balanced roots. Even if it isn't entire, entirely authentic, that would be better. Okay, I'm really going to have a time problem, but I want you to mention your book and your website real quick. Uh, it's uh, www.daviddosherbooks.com. It's got my biography on it and uh, some promotion of my book, The California Killing Field. Got to check that book out. It's very compelling. Uh, one of those reads like fiction type books, and, and yet, you know, uh, and it is fiction, but it's based on so much fact. There's so much historic fact behind it. Phenomenal book, David. Phenomenal time with you as always, and I look forward to our next time. Thank you, sir. Kevin Price, this is The Price of Business. Stay tuned for more.